Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. We continue the explanation on the book of Umdatul Ahkam, the reference on rulings. And we have reached the chapter on Salah, or the book of Salah. And the uh, the chapter on Timing of Salah, Times of Salah. And the first hadith, عن أبي عمر الشيباني واسمه سعد بن إياس قال حدثني صاحب هذه الدار وأشار بيده إلى دار عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله عنه قال سألت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أي العمل أحب إلى الله قال الصلاة على وقتها قلت ثم أي قال بر الوالدين قلت ثم أي قال الجهاد في سبيل الله قال حدثني بهن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ولو استزدته لزادني فاس حديث صحيح مسلم It was narrated or heard from Abu Amr al-Shaybani and his name is Sa'ad ibn Iyas رضي الله عنه قال he said that pointing towards the house of Abdullah bin Mas'ud, he said, the owner of this house told me, meaning Abdullah bin Mas'ud, that he asked the messenger, Muhammad sallallahu which of the deeds are liked by Allah? Which of the deeds are liked by Allah? He, the Prophet sallallahu observed, prayer at its proper time. Prayer at its proper time. I again said, what next? He replied, then goodness to the parents. I again said, what then? He replied, the jihad in the cause of Allah. He, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, said, this is what I was told by the Prophet ﷺ. Had I questioned further, he would have made additions for me. The, uh, the narrators are Abu Amr al-Shaybani, his name is Sa'ad bin Iyas, rahimahullah, he accepted Islam during the life of the Prophet ﷺ, but did not meet the Messenger ﷺ. And then he came to Medina after the death of the Prophet ﷺ. And he is a trustworthy. He resided in Al-Kufa in Iraq, and he died there in the year 96 after Hijra, 96 after Hijra. Now, a point of benefit, the one who accepted Islam during the time or during the life of the Prophet and did not meet the Messenger is not considered a Sahabi, is not considered a companion. He is a rank between a Sahabi and a successor, between a companion and a successor to the companions and he is called Muhadram this is a point of benefit and as to the second narrator Abdullah bin Mas'ud bin Habib al-Hudali radiallahu ta'ala anhu the sixth man in Islam and he immigrated the two migrations and the Prophet said 
whoever is pleased to recite the Quran fresh as it came down, let him recite it in accordance with the recitation of the son of Um Abd. The son of Um Abd, meaning uh, Abdullah bin Mas'ud. And he used to serve the Prophet والسلام, uh, taking care of his sandals, of his siwak, uh, his pillow. And Hudayfa used to say, I never knew anyone who was close in his appearance and outward appearance and manner close in appearance to that of the Prophet from Abdullah bin Mas'ud. He witnessed, attended the Battle of Badr and the battles afterwards. And he finished Abi Jahl in the Battle of Badr. And he was in charge of justice and the treasury in Al-Kufa in Iraq during the reign of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu and also a part of the reign of Uthman radiallahu anhu then he returned to Medina and he died in Medina in the year 32 after Hijrah ta'ala anhu. Uh, the subject of the hadith explaining the most liked acts to Allah Azza wa Jal. The overall explanation, the overall explanation of the hadith. In this hadith, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with him, mentioned that he asked the Messenger وسلم, as to what is the most beloved or liked matters to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that he can follow that which is most beloved to Allah and gives it precedence. And since the Prophet وسلم, in view of the iman of faith of Abdullah bin Mas'ud and that Abdullah bin Mas'ud knows the rank of Iman, that it comes first, the Prophet ﷺ resorted to tell him about the levels of the apparent actions, the physical apparent actions. So he told him of the most beloved actions to Allah, and he began with the Salah, the on its proper time or in its proper time and its proper time is its beginning it's the early time of the prescribed time except the Aisha the last obligatory prayer at night 
and we will discuss the timing of each one of them later inshallah he mentioned the salah because the salah the prayers is the greatest right upon the slaves after the right of having faith in Allah then he mentioned to him afterwards the being good to the parents because their rights is the greatest right after the right of Allah and his messenger then he mentioned the jihad striving in the battlefield for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fighting the enemies of Allah and defending the sharia defending Islam the benefits of the hadith first the keenness of the companions may Allah be pleased with them their keenness concerning knowledge attainment of knowledge and seeking that to know that which is beneficial and meritorious second the merit of salah on its prescribed time that it is of the most beloved that is the most beloved actions to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala certainly after faith and that the goodness to the parents is from the greatest jihad rather it is greater in merit than the jihad sorry its merit is greater than the jihad in the cause of Allah and then the merit of jihad and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the righteous deeds and that some of the righteous deeds are more beloved to him than others. These are the general benefits of this hadith. Now we're going to talk about the chapter itself talking about the salah on its proper time. So the timing of salah. So this refers to the <coughs> prescribed timings for the Salah to be performed and these are five times with respect to the one to whom the combination of some of the prayers is not permissible and there are three times for the one to whom it is permissible to combine why because the one who, to whom it's permissible or the, the one the one for whom it is <coughs> not permissible to combine he's going to pray the five prayers on their times and the one for whom the salah is permissible to combine he can combine the dhuhr and the asr at one time either in the dhuhr time or in the asr time this is what is understood by many common muslims that it is an obligation to combine either in the dhuhr time or in the asr time 
But the reality is, this is not mandatory for if the person combines between these two times, then there is no harm. The evidence concerning the prescribing of times in the Quran came in Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 103. Allah Ta'ala إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ كَانَتْ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ كِتَابًا مَوْقُوتًا Verily the prayer is enjoined on the believers at fixed hours. So this is an enjoined obligatory matter. Specified times. Because had it been something prescribed in one time, then that would be hardship. Because the person in this case would pray 17 units of prayers, 17 raka at the same time. And also, this would mean negligence concerning the other times when there is no prayers done and the author of the the compiler of the book Umdat al-Ahkam rahimahullah began with the times of salah because this constitutes the most asserted conditions for salah after the purification, the purity, which he began early in his book. And therefore, it's a must that these times are to be observed, even though some conditions or pillars or obligations of Salah may not be met. Take for example, if someone does not know how to recite the Fatiha, or does not know, or does not have the ability to stand, but rather he is able to stand some part of the time, like someone inflicted with a defect which occurs at certain times during the day or during the night. Like for example, it occurs to him during the time of Fajr, for the Fajr prayer. And he cannot stand, nor sit, nor prostrate, nor bow. We tell him, pray according to your condition. Pray according to your condition. And don't say, I will delay the Salah until after sunrise we say pray according to your condition also another example someone does not find the water to purify with from ritual impurity 
and to purify, for example, his, his garment, his clothes, or his body from filth. We tell him, Tayammam in istatant, resort to dry ablution if you are able. And if you are not able, then pray according to your condition. Similarly, a person cannot direct himself towards the Qibla, towards the Kaaba. We say to him, pray according to your condition. So here, the most important thing which is asserted here is the condition, is the timing condition. And it must be considered even though some of the conditions pertaining to Salah may not be met as discussed earlier. What about if the matter revolves between considering the time and considering the purity? Like someone in a state of sexual defilement. If he is to take a bath, then the time of Salah will be over. So what should he introduce? First, we say that the timing, the time for a person for a sleeping person begins from the time of his awakeness. So, if he awakes before sunrise and makes wudu and the matter now revolves between wavers between praying the regular sunnah for the fajr or the obligatory fajr itself we say to him pray the regular sunnah even if the sun has risen because the due time with respect to this person is when is when he awakes this is the due time with this person you understand Take another case. If someone delays the bath for sexual defilement, bath of purification from sexual defilement without an excuse, or delays removing something of his parts, of his wudu parts, without excuse, until there remains only from the time that which is sufficient to 
perform a salah, the time take take the time it takes to perform the actual salah. What should he do? The answer that if he already began with fulfilling the condition of purification, then he completes even though the time will end, the time of the salah will end, will come to an end. Why? Because now he is busy with fulfilling the condition which he started, the condition of purification. He already started it. Now, if he did not start it yet, then in this case, he makes dry ablution and prays. He makes tayammum and prays. Now, the timing, the prescribed fixed times for Salah, this timing has two benefits to it. Has two benefits to it. First benefit, if the person prays before the prescribed time, then his prayer is invalid it will not stand to be sufficient as a fard as an obligatory salah now if he knows that the time of the salah did not begin yet and he prays before that then he is playful. And his salah is nullified. And if he did not know and prayed before the time of the prescribed prayer, then his salah is optional, is nafil. And it does not stand to be sufficient as an obligatory one. The second benefit from the timing, if the person prays after the time of Salah, if this was due to a legal excuse like sleeping or forgetfulness then there is nothing upon him but if this was done without a legal excuse most of the scholars are with the opinion that his salah is valid but he is sinful And the correct opinion is that he is sinful and his salah, his prayer is invalid, rather rejected. Because the Prophet said, Man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna fahwarad. Whoever does something, an action which is not in accordance with our command, 
will have it rejected. The hadith reported in Muslim. And also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Al-Talaq, in chapter 65, verse 1, وَمَنْ يَتَعَدَّ حُدُودَ اللَّهِ فَقَدْ ظَلَمَ نَفْسَهِ And those who are, who offer the something which is not, and those are the limits set by Allah, and whoever transgresses the set limits of Allah, then indeed he has wronged himself. And the one who wronged himself is not to be accepted from him. Allah Ta'ala, also in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 229. And whoever transgresses the limits ordained by Allah, then such are the polytheists, oppressors, unjust, and wrongdoers. So, therefore he cannot make it up. Because it is not accepted from him. It's invalid. We say this not as making it light upon him that, you know, you don't have to make it up. No, this is a kind of deterrence. So we say, do not make up the prayers if you intentionally delayed it till after the end of its time. And this is a deterrence. So, whoever prays before the prescribed times, then there is no valid salah for him. If he prays this intentionally, then he is playing and is sinful. And his case may reach the case of kufr. It may reach the level of kufr, his action. Because this is kind of mocking the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as to the situation, if someone prays before the time of salah, thinking that the time of the salah has begun, has entered. then we say there is no sin upon him because he is ignorant. But he must make it up in time because his self is not free from the responsibility. Also, if he delays it beyond its time due to ignorance, thinking that the time did not enter yet, or he was asleep, or he forgot, there is no sin upon him, and his salah is sufficient. The evidence for this is in the sunnah, from the saying of the Prophet والسلام, مَن نَامَ عَن صَلَاةٍ أَوْ نَسِيَهَا فَلْيُصَلِّهَا إِذَا ذَكَرَهَا Whoever sleeps on, sal- on, a, on a salah, or forgets, then let him Pray it when he remembers that. Now, is it permissible to pray while doubting the entrance of time, the commencement of time? Is it permissible to pray while doubting the 
commencement of time? The answer is no. Because the principle is that the time of the Salah has not begun. Now, if someone says, what about if he believes it has it has uh, the timing has commenced he believes it's probable we say in this case yes it is permissible to pray if he believes that He believes it, it's probable that the time had already begun. In fact, all kinds of worships, the belief in sufficient regarding them is the belief in the probability of occurrence. And the evidence for considering this issue of probability of occurrence, that he believes that the thing occurred in worships, in worships, in acts of worship, is in the saying of the Prophet ﷺ concerning the person who had problem with the number of rak'at. He said, فَلْيَتَحَرَّ الصَّوَابِ ثُمَّ let him seek what's correct and then build up upon it. Here he's going to resort to preponderating. Preponderating what is correct. Then build up on it. And this is a strong evidence. There is also an evidence by way of approval. This is when the companions, some of the companions, may Allah be pleased with them, they broke the fast during the time of the Prophet ﷺ before sunset. Then the sun emerged. So there is no doubt that their breaking of the fast was because they believed and they preponderated that it was the proper time. It wasn't something on certainty. So therefore from this we conclude it is permissible for him, the person, to pray if he preponderates and believes that this is the proper, this is probably the time for Salah. Now, how about if it becomes clear to him then that he prayed before the actual time? Then in this case, he must repeat. Because here it is evident that 
he is not still free of the responsibility. And what about his salah which, which he prayed before, thinking that it was during the proper time? This would be nafil, this would be considered as voluntary, optional. Similarly, similar situations which will turn into nafil, those situations which did not in actuality exist. For example, a person thinks that he had missed a prayer. He had missed a prayer. So he made it up. But in fact, he didn't miss. In actuality, he didn't miss. So the missing was not existing. So therefore, this salah which he made up turns into voluntary, becomes voluntary, optional. Also, if during the Salah it becomes clear to him that he prayed part of it before the prescribed time of the Salah, then he completes it as voluntary. Then he completes it as voluntary. Case. What about these places where there is no day and there is no night? Meaning 24 hours, all of them are daylight, or 24 hours, all of them are night hours or even more so how how would these people pray how should they pray this matter has been made clear by the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he spoke about the coming of a Dajjal, the pseudo-Christ, the false Christ. And he mentioned that one of the days, or one of his days when he will appear, not one only, but the days where he will appear, each day of it is like a whole year. Each day of it is like a whole year, meaning 12 months. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired the companions to ask the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulallah, O Messenger of Allah, would it be sufficient for us to pray, if this day comes, to pray one prayer, The Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I mean, would one prayer be sufficient on that day? 
would it be sufficient? The Prophet ﷺ said, لا, no. اقدروا له قدره. Estimate for it its time. So therefore we take from this answer, we take this answer, and we say to the people who live in places where there is no day nor night in the 24-hour periods, we say, estimate for this its estimation. But what is the criteria for the estimation? What is the criteria for the estimation? The scholars differed upon three sayings regarding this matter. The first saying is that the thing that should be considered is the closest country to them where there is alteration of day and night continuously. This is by way of astronomy or astronomically this is the closest saying by way of astronomy. The second saying is the middle or they should consider that which is the middle meaning they should consider 12 hours as night and 12 hours as daylight and work it this way the third saying is what should be considered is the timing of Mecca as reference because it is the mother of towns as came in the Quran in Surah Al-Shura chapter 42 verse 7 and thus we have inspired unto you a Quran in Arabic that you may warn the mother of the towns and all around it. And therefore these people should have communications with Mecca and be given the schedules of timings in accordance with those in Mecca. Another situation in that in some countries the Maghrib, the time of Maghrib following sunset, extends greatly to a time which is very close to the dawn. 
And you see that the twilight did not disappear even at the time which is close to dawn. There is still the red twilight of the Maghrib. So when should they pray the Isha? When should they pray the Isha? Which the prayer that comes after Maghrib. The answer as long as there is a twilight that appears and disappears, so the criteria is in its disappearance, even though the time is long. Because the prescription of the timing is dependent upon this and we should not transgress the limits now in the hadith we learned that the most beloved actions to Allah are three things the salah on its proper time then being good to parents then the jihad in the cause of Allah this is of course after the existence of the foundation of faith because the worships are branches and the foundation and faith is the foundation. We learn from this hadith that actions are not on the same level of merit but rather differ in their closeness to Allah and their benefit and so this is this is the answer from the Prophet ﷺ that came in this hadith Salah on its time the being righteous to the parents and the jihad and the Prophet ﷺ was asked about the merits of actions in many narrations. And he used to answer in accordance with the situation. And the answer is in accordance which would be beneficial to the one who is asking. Sometimes he would say, the Salah on its time. And sometimes he would say, the Jihad. And sometimes he would say, the Sadaqah, the Charity. All of this is in accordance with the condition of the one being addressed and that which is beneficial to him and fits him. And there is no doubt that these answers are the answers of wisdom. And the fatwa of the one who intends the overall benefit and from this we deduce that the preference between the merits of actions is based upon this matter every person has an action which is good for him and would not be successful except with it 
So therefore he should be directed to this action. Also the timing may differ. Sometimes the sadaqah would be better than something else during certain times, like in times of hunger and need. And sometimes the seeking of knowledge would be more beneficial due to the need. Similarly, the actions of the day and the night, sometimes the istighfar, seeking forgiveness and dua, would would have more importance than recitation, and so forth. And this is a great, great benefit from the answer of the Prophet ﷺ in this hadith, and also in the other answers concerning the merits of other actions in other situations. And والله تعالى أعلى وأعلم وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم and this brings the end of the discussion on this hadith